Hey, and welcome to the Rally Podcast. We're stoked that you're here. We hope that this would be a tool to help you pursue the presence of God, people, and the ways of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. Well, hello, and welcome to another Rally Roundtable. Uh, my name is Hai King. I get to serve here as the Unity Director, and we have an opportunity to do something that we've never done before, and that's to talk about Black History Month. Uh, we have more of our No Ordinary family sitting here with me today. Um, and with that, I know that some of you guys may have the initial question of, what is Black History Month? Uh, why do we celebrate it? Uh, can I celebrate it? We're going to answer those questions for you today. But before we get into the conversation, I'd like to start with you, Nick, uh, for each of you to tell us your name, which campus you're from. Um, and let's do an interesting fact, interesting fact about yourself. Well, my name is Nick Small. I serve on the band and the worship team at uh, the Florence campus. And an interesting fact, I am 31 and I've been playing drums for 29 years. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Your poor mother's headaches. My, yes. Yeah. Uh, my name is Alex. I serve on our Kid Spring team in Columbia. And I have never broken a bone. Ever okay. I'm not that adventurous. Okay. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could say the same, but I can't. Well, I am Cece Davis. My daughter Amina and I have been at the Charleston campus since the permanent location opened in 2015. Yep. Um, I serve on the Connections team. I also serve with Fuse. And an interesting fact about me is that I am one of 11. I am number three. Good God. <laughs> one of 11. Uh, yeah. Thankful I haven't had to experience that either. <laughs> yeah. So getting into uh, this conversation today, one, I want to say thank you to each of you for being a part. Um, and in this conversation of Black History Month, I I'd like to start out by talking about what did Black History Month mean to you personally? So when you were growing up, you think of Black History Month, what did it mean to you? I, I'll, I'll start with you, Alex. Yeah, so I grew up in a suburb right outside of Charlotte, a little town called Fort Mill. Mm -hmm. And I really only remember talking about Black History Month at school and, you know, and Harry Tubman and Underground Railroad and Emancipated Proclamation, just all their, right. Madam C.J. Walker, all those people. So yeah. just kind of the big main yep. black figures. Yep. Um, but that was really it. Yep. Yeah, I remember my, my and dad would talk about it some at home, but it was never... Like, oh, it's Black History Month. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How about you, Nick? Similar yeah, thing? Yeah, pretty or? similar. So the funny thing about me is I actually uh, was introduced to Black History Month through two different lenses. Hmm. Um, the first was obviously what we would do in school with school projects mm -hmm. like, you know, Thurgood Marshall mm -hmm. and... Mm -hmm. um, it's other, you know, noteworthy black figures. Mm -hmm. right. um, but then we would also, I was also exposed to black history um, in terms of the black church. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And we would actually talk about different figures within black uh, black history involving with music. Yep. Um, like uh, the Clark sisters. Yep. Um, and then, you know, just, and then we would also kind of correlate how those uh influences more so in the black church started to influence other figures like uh, celebrities and secular so music yep. and, yep. and the secular yeah. industry. Yep. So yep. pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. How about you, CC? Well, for me, um, I was born and raised in California, so mm. it was a little bit different. I was born in Oakland and Oakland, 
you know, with my age. <laughs> anyway, um, that was the time, like, with the Black Panthers, right. and then not very long after, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X had been assassinated and mm -hmm. everything. So mm -hmm. I remember hearing a lot about black figures, mm -hmm. but not really learning about black history in school. Mm -hmm. And when I was in seventh to twelfth grade, I went to a private school and... Yep. They didn't talk about Black history, yeah. um, so really it was I was when I was a little older, like a teenager, and I started going to what we call the traditional Black church, mm -hmm. um, and we would have Black History Month pro programs, and yep. you know we had to get up and speak, and you would do some speech <laughs> about Black History Month or about Martin Luther King yeah. or Thurgood Marshall, Marshall, like you said, or something, and so that's that was my experience mm -hmm. with Black History Month until I really started doing some research on my own. Mm -hmm. I, I find it interesting because I have a, a similar story of like, I think we all kind of connect with each other because even as you were talking, it was like, mm, all the moans coming <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I had my experience in school where I would learn a couple of things in school, but it was really in the church, the mm -hmm. traditional black church where we would have our skits and, you know, my grandma would right. even dress us up, put on a dashiki and, you know, <laughs> it was like, I don't even know why I'm wearing this, but we did it. But I also feel like as I grew older, um, you know, I, it's not that I separated myself from the black church, but we started attending a different church. And so I didn't have that experience as I used to. Right. But even in school, a lot of my friends would say like, hey, why, why do why is there a Black History Month? Why do you guys mm -hmm. celebrate Black History Month? Why do y'all get a month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for me, it was like I, I wanted to answer the question. But to be honest, I couldn't because my yeah. parents didn't just sit me down to teach me. Um, but it was kind of like an embarrassing thing because I should know the answer, but I don't. Mm -hmm. right. um, and so I, I kind of want to get into that a little bit because I know there are people who are listening right now who are asking the question, like, what is Black History Month? Why do, you, do we celebrate it in February? Um, so, Cece, if you don't mind, if, could you kind of lead us off in, in that? Well, I will. And I am going to, like, I put down some notes just so I can kind of keep track of my mm -hmm. timeline. Yep. Um, but... There is a lot of history of black people in, or African-American people, or Negro people, or colored people, whatever you want to, mm -hmm. all of the names that we've been called by since we've been brought to um, the United States. And you don't hear a lot about it. I mean, we, when we were kind of talking, we talked about some of the anti-literacy laws. So black people weren't even allowed to even be educated in mm. this country, let alone be able to disseminate any information about mm. what black people were doing, mm. if you were doing it on the side. Um, so it was in 1915, which is the 50th anniversary mm. of the Emancip Emancipation Proclamation, mm. um, that Carter G. Woodson decided that he was going to start doing something. And he had, there was a big celebration in D.C., um, a lot of notable African-Americans came, um, people who were not African-American also right. came. Um, but he was, he was a scholar, he was a journalist, um, and he saw the celebration, and one of the things that they did was talk about what some notable African-Americans were doing. Mm. Um, and he thought, you know, we should really be able to have a time where we can bring everyone together mm -hmm. um, and teach them about this. So it was 1924. Um, he started this Negro History and Literature Week, mm. and then that got renamed the Negro Achievement Week. Right. And then that moved on. So there was, he was also, um, when African Americans started being able to go to college, they couldn't join you know, white fraternities, so they had to, or white sororities, so they started their own. And so he was a member of Omega Sci-Fi, and he started getting some of his fraternity brothers mm. um, to start 
giving information or giving presentations. And so in 1926, they started a Negro History Week um, in February. A lot of people say, well, why is it February? <laughs> some of the black people joke and say, why do we get the shortest month? Right. Um, right. Some, some of the other people say, why do you get I'm a month at all? Yeah. But actually, it was because there were already celebrations in February. Frederick mm -hmm. Douglass, who is mm -hmm. a noted abolitionist, yep. um, and then um, Abraham Lincoln, who was the emancipator, <laughs> they, um, their birthdays were in February. So yep. people were already celebrating during that time. So what they wanted to do was kind of not take away from that celebration, mm. but just add to a little bit more and say, let's just not celebrate these two men. Let's celebrate y y all of the achievements of African-Americans. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they... Um, there was a theme that they started. They started doing the week. There was a theme each year. So each year there would be a theme like, you know, noted scientists or um, noted authors or something like that. And um, they got support from Negro history clubs, like mm -hmm. in colleges, they would form Negro history clubs. There was a Negro history bulletin. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a group called the Progressive Whites and they had a National Brotherhood Week. And so they started actually adding into their National Brotherhood Week um, some of the black history. Mm -hmm. And then later on, like for, for Carter G. Woodson, and this is something that's really important, something that's close to my heart is that he did not actually mean for this to just be a week or just be a month. Mm. Yeah. Really, they started with that time just because that was a, a block of time that they could use. But really what he wanted it to be was during this week or during this month, we're just celebrating or um, highlighting a lot of the things that you've already learned throughout the years that kids right. had learned in school or that people had learned in college or people had learned in the community or something and then bringing it all together and bringing mm. the presentation there. Um, there was also in, in the 1940s, um, the school started doing more public celebrations. Mm -hmm. I found out that in West Virginia, they were studying or they were studying black history. The, the African-Americans in West Virginia mm -hmm. were studying black history and they already were celebrating a black history month before it even started nationally. Wow. Wow. Um, and then in 1976, there was a man named Frederick Hammurabi. His actually, his last name was actually Rob, R-O-B-B, -B, but he ended up changing it to Hammurabi, like the Hammurabi code. You can go and research that. Um, and he opened in Chicago something called the House of Knowledge because we talk a lot about the Har Harlem Renaissance. Mm -hmm. But there was actually a Chicago black renaissance and we don't hear a lot about it, but there are a lot of notable or noted um, African-American figures that left the South with that great, great migration mm -hmm. and would go um, up to Chicago. And so they would get jobs, they would get educated, they would, there were a lot of people who were working in the community, a lot of people working in all kinds of segments of society. Wow. Um, and so they actually institutionalized more from a week to a month. They started pushing for that to be not just a week, but to be a month. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's been since, it was since 1976 that every president since then has actually sanctioned, wow. I don't know what the actual word is, but sure. we've actually gone through and sanctioned a, that the national Black History Month right. um, yeah. in, in the United States since then. And so currently it's actually called National African American History Month. It's oh. not even called Black History Month anymore wow. because we're African American now, we're not black. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're whatever we're, we're called now. Right. So there's just, there is a, there's so much more. That's just putting it in a nutshell, mm -hmm. the history of what Black History Month is, but there is so much more. And 
if you go and research the House of Knowledge, they've got books. Like the first book they had had thousands of people and was like 236 pages of just photographs and mm-hmm. wow. information about people who were doing things, people who invented things that we don't even know they invented mm-hmm. or people who came up with a cure for something we don't even know they came up, came up with a cure for. So one of the important things, and I know we're just talking about the history there, is right. just looking at that history because it's part of our American mm-hmm. history. And that's that's, that's more great. why it's important. No, that's great. I appreciate you sharing all of that. Um, I know either of you, well, I asked the question, do either of you have anything else that you'd like to add on to that about Black History Month? Listen, that was a lot of new information. But honestly, if, if you think about any facet of society, yep. there is, it's not, we're we're all American people, and there is not a facet of society where mm-hmm. a black person did not contribute to mm-hmm. that facet of society in mm-hmm. some right. in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I find it so interesting too. One that you mentioned from 1976, every president has made sure that they celebrate it, and then I just think through. Um, it's why we would celebrate it in school. Right. But I think what I I missed as a kid was not just from my parents, but even in school the why behind it, mm-hmm. of everything that you just explained. Exactly right. It's one thing to celebrate something, but it's another thing to understand why we celebrate it. And so I, I appreciate you sharing that information with us. I think the other thing that I would like to say is, um, or ask the question of, how do you think we should celebrate this in the church or why should we celebrate this within the church? We're sitting here now <laughs> at a round table for a rally. Um, our young adults ministry and some of our church will be leaning into this, but like, why should we celebrate this as a church? I, so as a teacher, whenever I get new, <laughs> as a person, let's be real, yeah. whenever I get any sort of new information coming in, I always yep. want to know why it matters, right? Because mm-hmm. I want to kind of decide, is this one of those things I can just like erase out of my brain or something I should keep? Um, and I've just decided that it whittles down, it whittles down to if it allows me to see more of a person or more mm. of a group of people or more mm-hmm. of myself, mm-hmm. then it's probably something that I need to keep because right. it will allow me to love that person more completely. Right. So if I think about like when I started dating my husband or when you make a new friend, you're like, sure, I love hanging out with you in the present and like going and grab a coffee, mm-hmm. going to the movies. Remember we used to do that? <laughs> Whatever we would do, you know what I mean? And like, movies. sure, and learning what's happening in life now, but the more I loved you, the more I wanted to know how did you get to be CC? How did you get to be Nick? Mm. What were you like when you were a kid? How many siblings do you have? I mean, mm-hmm. our drive up today and we talked, that was mainly what we talked about was our family and right, stories. Right. And so yep. if I want to love people, right? If we want to be people that show visible love, mm-hmm. then I need to know your whole story. I want to yep. know your strengths and your weaknesses. And so to me, it's just about why is it important to the church? Mm-hmm. Because I can't fully love someone if I don't ever lean into their history, if I don't yeah, lean into their stories and then absolutely. celebrate with you. And then you understand why it feels like such a big deal yep. because I know your whole story of how you got here. And then you're like, so it wasn't just like a day. You're like, no, this was a whole thing. So mm-hmm. to me, it's about being able to lean into someone's mm-hmm. story and then being able to love them more completely, which is really just being yeah. Jesus with flesh on, you know what they say. Amen. Yeah, so Amen. it's about being the body. Yep. That's so good. I'll even say with that, too, I think it's also super important as we continue to become who we desire to be, the multi-ethnic church, where it's not a black church. You know, we talked about traditional black church. Mm -hmm. These are things that we would celebrate in the black church. A white church isn't just celebrating 
Black History Month <laughs> or at all, you know? Right. right. <laughs> um, but the beauty of our church is we, we desire to be that multi-ethnic church like Revelation 7-9 paints mm. that picture yeah. of the kingdom of heaven of all people, race, races, class, etc. Yep. all before the throne of God because salvation belongs to him, to oh, the absolutely. Lord. And so I think that's the beauty of, as what you're talking about, everyone understanding our history even us, like we're learning new things about our own culture. Um, But the beauty of it is, you know, for white people who may be leaning in or Hispanics or Asian, we all get to understand each other. Yeah. This is also why we do the same thing of a Hispanic night of worship, because we get to worship with our other brothers and sisters who maybe who do speak a different language, um, but we get to do this with them. And so I think that's the beauty of this. And I appreciate you sharing. Uh, what you just shared as well. I think I I would also like to kind of, in in saying that, I know there are people who are leaning in right now who who may be asking the question, is it weird for me to celebrate? Like, (laughs) how do I actually celebrate Black History Month? And that's what I kind of want to get into for a little bit. For our listeners that are leaning in, like, how would you say to someone who's asking the question, how do I celebrate Black History Month? Right? So whoever wants to, to answer that question, Nick, you haven't said much today. I'll, I'll, I'll start with you. No, no, no. How, how would you um, give them wisdom in that? I think uh, first to celebrate anything, um, once you find out why you're celebrating it, mm-hmm. I think having an open heart mm-hmm. um, and a receptive mind mm-hmm. to the information that you're being presented mm-hmm. and... Um, when you do that, when you open yourself up, you're saying, I want to value you by being fully present. Mm. Um, and it's the way that we show value to one another. Mm-hmm. We're fully intent, we're, we're focused in, we're honed in on what they're saying mm-hmm. and what they aren't saying. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, it's all context and subtext. Mm-hmm. So I feel that it's very important if you're going to truly celebrate someone that you embrace fully who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear a lot of people say, you know, I don't see color. Mm. And that phrase in and of itself is demeaning to the person that you're saying it to. Mm-hmm. Because what you're saying is, in an, in essence, I don't see you for who you are. I see you as who I desire to see you. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you do that, wow. you're denying a part of their humanity. Yeah. 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 And you can't you can't embrace someone who you haven't fully accepted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't know someone mm-hmm. until you have fully accepted mm-hmm. them. That's really That's good, right. man. Thank you for sharing that, bro. Were you about to say something, Alex? You look uh, like you're ready to try. <laughs> I love it. I feel like Nick is so deep, and I'm, yeah, yeah. I love it. He's <laughs> so rich, and I'm like, you better go there for the people. I love it. It's just a subtext. Um, <laughs> I guess my first gut when someone's like, well, how do I celebrate? In my mind, I'm like, well, how do you celebrate anything? You know, like. My first thing I want to be like, you don't have to be weird about it. Like, yeah. you don't have to be like, am I supposed to have some sort of flag and come do? You're yeah. like, no. Yeah. But like, I think about like, how do we? How do you celebrate Veterans Day? Like, right. you are mindful of them, and then when mm-hmm. you see them, you purposely lean in. Maybe you ask a veteran for their story or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, you just do that same thing, mm-hmm. but black people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not in, again, not in a weird way. Okay. Yep. Don't just walk up to some random black person. <laughs> It's all about relationships. (laughs) But it's about relationships. So it's building those relationships with those people who fit in that category. So build Mm -hmm. some, be intentional and thinking about and honoring black people, which may look like doing some research, Mm -hmm. may look like sharing this with this roundtable with somebody, may Mm -hmm. look like 
apologizing to somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't think it has to be that complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not you think there shouldn't be like, there's not a prescribed plan. Like right. if right. I'm celebrating Kwanzaa, I know that each night I'm going to light a candle Correct. and I'm yeah. going to follow one of the principles and recite all of that. But yeah. We don't need a prescribed plan. It's just just like when you said Veterans Day. Right. If I'm celebrating Veterans Day, it is to honor their contribution to our country. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All you're doing is recognizing and honoring the contribution of African Americans to our country. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really have to be any special thing. It's just, yeah. and if you don't have anything to recognize, mm-hmm. then that's when you know you might want to just go and do a little bit of research mm-hmm. and say, you know, either talk to somebody who's knowledgeable, talk to, you know, an educator or talk to someone who um, don't talk to Google. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to get way more information and yeah. not all of it is yeah. a lot of information on the Internet is biased. So really, you don't want that. You just want to, excuse me, you just want to be educated mm-hmm. about it and then you can honor um, the, those contributions. That's, that's so, what I so think. Good. Yeah. That's so, so good. I mean, so much wisdom and and knowledge that you guys have have given us today. I think piggybacking off of that is, so you're saying, hey, don't don't use Google. Um, If there are uh, resources out there for people, because I know that there are some who are leaning in and say, hey, I actually, I don't have relationships that I want to have, but I do want to learn some way. What are some of those resources that come to your mind that we can help um, our brothers and sisters that are leaning in? What comes to your mind as far as that goes? Well, I typically, just like when I'm teaching my my kids, I call my students, my kids, Mm -hmm. my kids to do research, we're usually going to resources for educators, like something that's a .edu or a .org, go to the Library of Congress, go to um, the House of Knowledge, their website, um, ask, you can ask a friend, what are some books that I can possibly read um, to educate myself or, and we as African-Americans don't do this enough, go to an older African-American in your community. We have so much. Yeah. History. Some of the things I was talking to Nick and um, Alex on the way up and talking Mm -hmm. about something I learned about my mom Mm -hmm. when they actually, when she was younger, she was eight years old, their church, it was a Presbyterian church, but they would have a Spanish um, Mm. worship day. And so they had to learn the songs in Spanish and everything. And so I was like, really, mom, so tell me more. And some of the things that I learned about Mm -hmm. my family and some of the businesses they owned and some of the things that they did were just from having conversations with my mom. Go to your friend's mom, go to someone else in the community and, you know, just listen. So, so good. And I would even say as a I have to say, as a teacher, I already said that once today. <laughs> <laughs> I am, y'all. Sorry, but there's somebody that's good. like, it's all good. Uh, there's it's a bit of me that's like, mm-hmm. just, it's hard. <laughs> it's like, I, sometimes if you go to a .edu or, you know, it can be like a little like, this feels like it's a little over my head. These right. are real big words. People that got a lot of letters after their name. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but there is research out there that fifth graders are doing. Mm-hmm. I will shamelessly go find that fifth grade relive article, mm-hmm. not because I can't read, mm-hmm. but because I'm like, I want to be able to understand because it doesn't matter if start I with the find an art. Start with the basics. Yeah. And I think as we are in social media time and we're going to see an Instagram post or a Facebook this, mm-hmm. Filtering that through like That's what great. is actual history yep. and what is the actual heart of our God. Like right. and I have to filter everything I take in through those two. And so I would say yeah. as you're finding resources, don't just assume that this one thing you found on this one person's Instagram is like golden. Right. Mm-hmm. Um if it piques your interest, then take 
15 minutes. We all know you're scrolling somewhere, whether it's at a red light or in the line to in the grocery store. Like, don't even try yeah. that. Take that time <laughs> to scroll and find and see, like, what's a reputable source actually saying about this? Yep. But I'm just saying, don't don't be afraid to get the dumbed-down version. Yep. And then dig in deeper as you get more understanding. That's yeah, so and I think that's helpful because if you start to cultivate an appetite for yeah. learning things other than what you're accustomed to learning, right? and understanding narratives of people other than your own, mm -hmm. I think that's what what will really start to build a genuine appreciation mm -hmm. for other cultures. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because that, that's really where we are at the end of the yep. day, it's just yep. learning how to appreciate one another. Absolutely. And I think Absolutely. it's even, honestly, like as part of my own journey, is I've had to learn how to appreciate my own culture. So I've never <laughs> yeah, been the person yeah, that was like, say I that. didn't yeah, demean same. my blackness, but yeah, I was like, yeah. we can't talk about it too much because <laughs> then you're like, that girl, that's too right. much. You still gotta like keep it together. But even right. just leaning in, I love that you mentioned stories. Like, going to my grandma's house right. and being like, Grandma me, what was it like right. when you were filling the blanker? Right. What was it like raising my dad who right. was starting school during right. integration? Like, what yep. was that like? Right. Right. And so even... I would say to our black saints, like there's still things that we can learn. Like we don't know everything so just because our skin is brown. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So just learning to appreciate your own culture and realizing you're not demeaning anybody else's culture by learning something about yeah. them. Yeah. You know, so that's for white people, black people, whoever. Yep. To learn something about somebody else is not to learn anything or lessen anything of yourself. Right. right. Ooh, wee girl, you got me. <laughs> you Cry. straight up preaching. Oh, no. Here we go. You know how I get. I didn't bring any tissue. <laughs> no, I think it's it's so awesome though because you know in recent years I've decided to sit down and have conversations with my granddad yeah. because I started teaching classes to our staff and it's like man I don't know most of what I'm about to teach. Okay. But as soon as I sit down with him, I start to understand why I actually hated being in the black church as a kid because it lasted until 1.30. Oh. Yeah. For my granddad to say like, hey, that was the only day of freedom we had. Exactly. It took right. on a whole new appreciation. It's yeah. like, why didn't you teach me this as a kid? Right. Because I would have appreciated a little bit different. So uh, I'm so grateful for all that you guys have, have yeah. shared so far. That's, that's phenomenal. I think what's unique about Rally is it's our young adults from the ages of 18 to 25. Uh, but the beauty of New Spring Church is that, you know, there were some young, 21 years ago, there were some young men and women who started this church. Yeah. Right. So I, the, the question that I wanna come around is, as we're having this conversation, if our young adults that are leaning in, if the folks in our church are leaning into this conversation, if they were to grab hold of something, so that in future 21 years from now, what our church would look like, the impact we would make, what are some of the things that are in your heart that you would love to see God do in and through these young adults? Whoever. So I'll, I'll go um, because one of the things that I've been thinking about, and of course I have a daughter who's in Raleigh who mm. is 22 right now mm. and thinking in the future what the church looks like. Um, we are talking about being, you know, we talk about no ordinary love. We talk about um, having a kingdom mentality. Mm -hmm. We're talking about having a church that's diverse mm -hmm. so that it looks like God's kingdom, just mm -hmm. like we were talking about the scripture where mm -hmm. he talks about all nations, mm -hmm. all tongues. Mm -hmm. um, what I would like to be able to see is the traditional black church or other churches that are not moving towards that diversity be able to see us at New Spring mm -hmm. doing what we're doing. We're learning about each other. We're mm -hmm. trying to come together. We're having conversations together mm -hmm. so that we can be unified. And when we say your kingdom come, your will be done, mm -hmm. yeah. that 
we really do reflect God's kingdom Amen. on earth because he already said that's what it's going to look like. Yeah. So what I would like to see is that we are doing this in such a way that so many years down the, hopefully it's not 21 years, but so right. many years right. down the line, these other churches are looking at New right. Spring and saying, yeah. what are they doing over there? What is it that's going on that they're so diverse, that they um, are so unified, that they're looking like, you know, what we expect the kingdom to look, what God says the kingdom right. looks like. Right. Um, so that's what I really see. Yep in the future. I see us being that beacon. Yeah. Um, Dan said yeah. today that, you know, that the church is a beacon. Mm -hmm. And so we're a beacon of hope. We're a beacon of light. Mm -hmm. And I see us being that beacon for the rest of the world to be able to come in with that. And I say, I mentioned the traditional black church and mm -hmm. I don't mean to say that disrespectfully, but I right. know that when I was in traditional black church, I would see maybe one white person come in. Right. Um, and I feel like it's very segregated. And I still feel like it's, uh, we don't really want to get to know each other as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. um, but I just see us starting, you know, within starting in our own house mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then that altar of the home and mm -hmm. then pushing out and going out to the world with it. Come on. Mm -hmm. Anything specific yeah. on your hearts? I got a lot. So, <laughs> um, come with it, Nick. Mm -hmm. I want to see, Jesus said, um, and these signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. Mm. And I, I'm declaring Come on. that New Spring would be, and not even 21 years into the future, but I believe that now Holy Spirit is causing New Spring to be a place of signs and wonders. Mm. That, it, that also not only be a place of signs and wonders, but that New Spring itself would be a sign and a wonder mm -hmm. yes. to the world. Wow. Not only to the world, but also to believers because I believe um, that Holy Spirit is causing us, number one, like you said to, mm -hmm. um, in the conversation about race, mm -hmm. to sit and pause and mm -hmm. reflect on um, the time that we have together. Mm -hmm building genuine relationships. Right. And as we are knitted together by faith, like uh, uh, Pastor Dan said, as we are knitted together by faith, that Holy Spirit would, the fire and wind of Holy Spirit mm -hmm. would then begin to cause the fire to spread mm -hmm. because we've built those genuine connections. Right. And so I think this time has been a time of strengthening relationships. Mm -hmm. And I feel that, uh, any youth that would take hold to what is happening right around them mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. and really grasp hold on learning other cultures, learning right. other people, right. connecting and genuinely loving them. Right. I feel like that will be the fuel that the Holy Spirit will use right. to uh, bring great change mm -hmm. to the world mm -hmm. and that we would actually, I thought about this this morning, I'm so thankful Holy Spirit revealed this to me. Mm -hmm. When Dan was speaking about the ecclesia, mm -hmm. the ecclesia is actually a governmental term. Mm -hmm. And so I pray now that Holy Spirit would cause us to become the Congress of Heaven. Come on, bro. That we, <laughs> there. That we would become the Congress of Heaven and that we would spread the influence, the kingdom, the government, and the economy of heaven everywhere okay. oh, we go. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. right, because I believe that that's our call, that's our mandate, and that's God's heart for his people. Yep. And not only his people, but the world. Amen. So that the world may be turned to him and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of his holy child, Jesus. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. <laughs> I mean, come on, you better speak it. So I think good. in the way that you are speaking, I want that to be the heart of the people of our yes, church. Yes, right? yes, yes. The way that you speak, and I think that there's something for us to see about the Lord and about his bride in mm -hmm. each of us. And I mm -hmm. think the way that you speak with knowledge and depth right. and wisdom right. is what I want for wow. all the people of our church. Yep. To, to delve into who he is and to mm -hmm. know more about him and then to be able to speak boldly and wisely mm -hmm. the things of the spirit. And so I think that's, mm -hmm. if we catch one of what it's like to lean into other people, to mm -hmm. meet them where they are, right. mm -hmm. to rem to realize the power that we have as his congress of heaven. I love that. I hope you go then we then get to be people that are enacting the laws mm -hmm. that the Lord has always intended to Come govern on. his world. You know what I mean? Come on. And so maybe be people who boldly yeah. lean into the power the Spirit has given us. And yeah. so I know that prayer for my church is that we aren't weirded out by the whole power of the Holy Spirit or the ideas yeah. of what he can do, that signs and wonders don't sound like, oh Lord, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, I want some of that. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I am praying for bold, and humble wisdom and yep. hunger. Yo, my God, y'all got me fired Jesus. up. <laughs> Don't let our, our, our say this too, and I'm, I'm not gonna cry. We're good. Yep. But I, I, I think the way that we do this is through humility. Mm -hmm. That Philippians two, Amen. right? Yeah. yeah, we're not gonna do it in our own power and strength. Right. We have exactly. to do it through humility, submitting to the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how all these things are gonna take place. It's, it's not if it's gonna happen, it's going to happen yes. in our church. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, I think with this, like we've cared, you know, covered a good bit of information um, as far as what is Black History Month, why it's celebrated in, in February. Um, to ultimately, I think the takeaway from that is that we don't want to cap this to just one month. Right. right? Absolutely. To appreciate African-Americans. Um, we want for this to be something that we do collectively as a no ordinary family. Right. And so I appreciate what you guys have shared with all of you shared today. Uh, but one of the things that I want to say is I know that there are people who are leaning in right now. What is an encouragement that you would like to give? If, if there were one last word that you would like to give to the people who are listening <laughs> to this conversation that we've had today, what is something that you'd like to share with them? No particular order, um, but just want to ask that question. I actually um, put a scripture, I wrote down a scripture, and this is from the, the um, Passion Translation. It's 1 John 4, 16. And it says, we have come into an intimate experience with God's love mm. and we trust in the love he has for us. Mm. God is love. Mm. Those who are living in love are living in God and God lives through them. Mm. And I was, Alex was talking about how, you know, when I get to know someone more, I love them more. When I love them more, I want to know more about them. Mm. So really what we're just trying to do is to get to know and understand each other mm -hmm. so that we can be that loving, no ordinary family. Mm -hmm. So that um, it's not that we just want to, you know, push out black history and say, hey, you have to study us. It's really, if you want to know us more so that you can love us more, if we mm -hmm. want to know each other more mm -hmm. so that we can love each other more. And, you know, if we're speaking realistically, if you look at the history books, the majority of the history that we see mm -hmm. is not black history. Mm -hmm. And so just knowing more about any of the cultures, we've all spoken right. to this, um, helps us to love each other more. And I really right. think that that's the big thing. Jesus is love. And we are all trying to be Jesus's, mm -hmm. you know, image on earth in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, we've got to know each other. So that's all I would say. Is, so great. Thank you, Cece. It's yeah. amazing. Amen. And I would add to that to say that it's 
we're commanded to love mm-hmm. one yeah. another mm-hmm. as he has loved us. Mm-hmm. And um, to speak a little bit more on love, um, the culture and the language of the kingdom of heaven is loving, honoring, esteeming, serving, and valuing one another mm-hmm. selflessly. Amen. You better preach. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus, Jesus even goes a little step further because he's always taking a step further. Is <laughs> the radical Push he that is. envelope. <laughs> but um, he tells, you know, he's preaching the sermon. I think it's in Luke, thir- uh, Luke six, mm-hmm. um, verse thirty-two. Mm-hmm. He tell he says, if you love those who, <laughs> if you only love those who love you, right. Why should God bless you for that? Exactly. Like, even sinners the do sinners that. Do right. that. And so yes. um, we're commanded to love those, especially when it is inconvenient mm-hmm. um, and pushing beyond that barrier and pushing mm-hmm. beyond that limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's another one. You know, it, this is something I was thinking about. Oh, actually, to uh, continue with what Cece was talking mm-hmm. about, uh, about um Whomever does not know love does not know God because mm-hmm. God is love. Mm-hmm. And then John continues on. This is First John 4 and 20. Mm-hmm. He says, whoever claims to love God mm-hmm. yet hates a brother or sister mm-hmm. does not, is a liar. Mm-hmm. He says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God mm-hmm. whom they have not seen. Mm-hmm. And so he said, and, and this was something else that came to me this, this week. If we are commanded to love our enemies, how much more should we love, embrace, and celebrate those to whom we are linked and joined into one family of heaven by yes. the blood of Yeshua? Come on now. And so it's it's just it's it's a it's one of those realities that you just can't avoid. Right. You know? Yep. So. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Both depth. So much depth around the table, and I'm so grateful. I um I have mm-hmm. Okay, I want us to remember that in in everything that we do that we're called to evaluate what has, at any given moment, I need to evaluate what has the most elevated position in my heart. Like, who mm. is sitting at the head of my table? Who is number one? Right. In fact, the matter is, point blank, if it is not Jesus, then it is some sort of idol. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes your idol looks like something that's clearly, like, wrong. Right. Like, sometimes your idol's like pornography, like, that's not right, it, bro. Right. But sometimes it's something that can look good and mm. well-meaning. Sometimes it's like, oh, well, I just love to serve. And mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, but you're serving because you serve serving yeah. more than you serve the Lord. Right. And uh. so I, when Hakeem Peace. asked us to get ready for this question, <laughs> I was like, Lord, I don't know what it is, but I think that's part of it. And I remember mm-hmm. him, he, I felt like he spoke very clearly. Mm. Um, to our black saints mm. in our house to not put our blackness as an idol before the Lord. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Satan is crafty, yes, y'all. He is. Yes. The Bible in First Peter says that he is that we are to be aware and be vigilant mm-hmm. because he's roaming around seeking whom he may devour. Mm-hmm. And fact of the matter is, he's trying to devour us, mm-hmm. and not just yeah. like in a worldly sense, but he's trying to devour the church. Right. Right. And so he tries to devour each of us in his own little crafty ways. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing what he's been doing from the beginning of time, which is taking right. something that the Lord has created mm-hmm. with purpose and with goodness in mind mm-hmm. and making that more appealing than the actual creator itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I just want us as black people, mm-hmm. um, African-Americans, whatever you want to be called, <laughs> Black people, I want us to be aware in this season when we do have uh, more than I can ever remember. Absolutely. 
people wanting to lean into our blackness to not let that become more of our identity than the Lord is, right? It can influence our words, our conversations. If I'm getting more and more feisty about something that has to do with the color of my skin than the expansion of the kingdom, then we aren't doing it right. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so it's like, not only are we not doing it right, right. then, and I will say this as a black person who has very good white friends, we've Mm -hmm. had great and very raw conversation Mm -hmm. of like, the Bible clearly says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's and it. so if the words that I'm saying or the things that I'm posting or whatever are bringing condemnation on my white brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. then that's not what the Lord is Come wanting on. to say. Come Absolutely. On. And so I just want us as black saints to fight to remain patient because mm-hmm. we know it can be hard mm-hmm. and fight to remain kind mm-hmm. and to be tuned into the spirit and mm-hmm. to be unified with the bride because... Mm-hmm. We are a part of his body, but so we're, is everybody of every other color, language, tribe. <laughs> That's Hello. It. And yeah. so just remember who we are. Yep. And we are daughters and sons. That's right. And our blackness is important. It is purposeful, but mm-hmm. it is not the end all be all of our identity. Yes. And if that's where you My are, God. may you repent and come back to where he wants uh-huh. you, which is in the heart of him. My God. And that should be where we say cut. And that's, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's how amazing. I feel about that. No, seriously. I, Move I, over, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I was just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. No, seriously, I, I, I just want to say thanks to, to each of you. And if there's any encouragement I would give to our audience, I would say thank you for leaning in and listening to this. Um, because you have no idea coming into it of like Black History Month. I can only imagine the thoughts that go through your mind. Um, But thank you for allowing us to have a conversation with each other uh, for you. Hopefully this was um, informational for you. There was knowledge and wisdom for you. Um, Some practical things that you can hold on to that you can pass on, not just for yourself, but the next generations to come. So I want to say thank you again for leaning in and we hope you enjoyed it. If we can serve you at any level, please let us know. Thank you for joining the Rally podcast. We hope it encouraged you. We'd love for you to be part of the Rally family. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and YouTube at New Spring Rally so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you'd like to connect to a campus, text Rally to 30303.